Well, good morning. I, too, want to take the opportunity to say Happy Mother's Day. We weren't greeters this morning, but I think there are a few here that I missed, so Happy Mother's Day to all. God has placed a, a high calling on your life, as well as uh, blessing you with a notable responsibility. Raising children comes with a high calling and a very God-given us the opportunity. A few quotes about mothers. Of course, we can't have a Mother's Day message without a few of these. Uh, a mother is one who can take the place of all others, but whose place no one else can take. I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, that would come from Gaspard uh, Mermelids. She had said that. Life doesn't come with a manual. It comes with a mother. To the men here this morning, take this one. I kind of thought it was interesting. If at first you don't succeed, try doing it the way your mom told you from the beginning. They say, try, try again. Just go back to your mom's first method. Marion C. Garrity, I quote, A mother's love is the fuel that enables a normal human being to do the impossible. And uh, apart, without a doubt, mothers have a, a big impact on the life of their children. George W. Bush, the bond between mothers and their children is defined by love. As a mother's prayers for her children are unending, so are wisdom, grace, and strength they provide to their children. So if you have not already, make sure today you thank your mother. This morning, we're going to look at the character uh, qualities of a woman and this woman we're going to look at this morning is one who was called by God to be the mother of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the message title is, A Mother Called by God. And you're thinking, well, we could go to Proverbs 31, which we're there. We will find character qualities for a virtuous woman. But here we're going to go to, uh, you can turn your Bible to Luke chapter 1. And we're going to look at the life of Mary. One more quote, please. Uh, we're going to look at, this will be repeated a number of times this morning. John Maxwell said this, More is caught than taught. You can teach your children what you want. You can teach your children what you know, but you reproduce what you are. And think about that for a second. I, myself, and as my wife, we can teach our children you know, the ABCs and so on and so forth. But he, his comment was, his quote was, you reproduce what you are. And so this morning, just as, as we think about Mother's Day, and uh, yes, geared towards the mothers, but for each one this morning, what are we teaching our children? Who are we? And what are our character qualities? What are we going to be known by, if we could put it that way? And I think we are all aware and understand the value of good character. So again, according to Maxwell there, we, we can teach our children, say, I want them to know this and this and this, and we can teach them that, and uh, they can learn that. But when uh, the rubber meets the road, so to speak, that they will imitate our character qualities, about what they see in our parents' lives. If you're in Luke 1, I'd like to read just verses 26 through 38, and we'll pull a few... Uh, points from these verses. Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month, month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God 
unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, of the, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she also hath conceived in her old age, and, is, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Point number one, highly favored. So God sent Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, to Mary to tell her about his plan. And as we saw, it was a rather exciting time in, in Mary's life, a lot happening in her life. She was engaged. She was going to marry Joseph in, in the near future. So the, this angel shows up, and Gabriel greeted her by saying, Hail, thou art highly favored. Or it could be reworded, Rejoice, highly favored one. And we stop and ponder here just for a second and ask the question, because all I think all we know is what we see here, but the question could be asked, why was Mary highly favored? What character qualities need to be present in, in our lives or in one's life to be considered highly favored? So you get kind of paint a picture in your mind what you think Mary was like. But what did God see in the life of this young woman that caused her to be favored by him? Was it her godly character? Maybe her, her meek and quiet spirit. Was it her, her love for the Lord, for God? Or was it her pure lifestyle? Gabriel said that she was God's choice to be the mother of, uh, of the Messiah. Was there something especially unique about Mary? And there is a good possibility that there was. God looked down and he saw her and he uh, said, this is the one that I want. Um, but what we need to remember as we think about uh, this is that God favors each one of us. Did he not save us? Does he not love us? Does he bless us? And along with that, we, what we have here is God calling Mary for his kingdom work. And the same way it is for you and I this morning. Each one here this morning, we are here for a purpose, obviously. And God is calling us, using us for, for his work. We're favored by the creator of the universe. And because of that, we have been given an awesome responsibility as we make ourselves available to receive his favor. 
Maybe you're thinking, well, was, was, this, was this woman human? Yes, she was. Mary was. But due to her, her character and her commitment to God, he saw it fitting to use her with an outstanding responsibility. So we, as we look at this part, we can ask mothers, are, are we finding favor with God? And are we making ourselves available to be used in his plan to build his kingdom? I'm going to pause for a second, ask someone to close the doors. i got a, a clean car out there, which is glaring in my eyes. Someone close the doors back there, and I can continue going. Thank you, Sean. Are, are we finding favor, and blessings on the clean car, are we finding favor with God in, in, in our lifestyle? You know, I ask again, what, what did God see? But does God see the same in you? Mothers, are, are, are we finding favor in the eyes of God? Is it important? Absolutely. Uh, no, we will not be called upon to be the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. That has happened. That is past. Thanks again. That makes a big difference, Sean. But are we finding favor in God's eyes? The angel continued to said, the Lord is with you. So she was called to a big responsibility, but, she, but God was not going to leave her alone. God was going to be with her. So back again, Mary's life had pleased God to the point where he had found favor in her and was going to be with her. Mary had followed God, and now here we see God promising that he's going to walk with her and be with her throughout life and throughout what he is calling her to do. God was with her in the past, with presently, and in the future. And just thinking about our lives, if God is, is calling you, regardless of what he's calling you to do, the promise is that he is going to be with you. And think about that for a second. Maybe God, you feel God's call to go serve away from home. Maybe this morning God's calling you to do exactly that. Possibly a foreign field. And you're thinking, well, how is this all going to plan out? Well, rest assured God will be with you. This, this uh, was written from many years ago. God was with Mary, and God will be with you regardless where he calls you to go. And also, thinking about motherhood this morning for a little bit again, being a mother is not, if I'm, not, if I'm correct, is not always easy and exciting. So mothers, during those harder times, what we need to remember is the Lord is with you. So mothers, again, we, we say you call to a, high, a great responsibility, and you are, but don't forget God is always with you. The angel continues, and he says, Blessed art thou among women. And later on, Mary said this down in verse 48. Mary said this, For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden, for, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Mary had received the blessing of God upon her life. And what all this blessing entail? There's most likely a lot, but one is she was the first woman to hold the Son of God. God had blessed her life. So we stop and think about the responsibilities that God placed upon her shoulders, and we wonder again what kind of woman she must have been to gain God's attention, but a challenge for, for mothers today to live lives that are fully committed to God. And by doing that, you'll gain God's favor each and every day. Is Mary the only one that is blessed? No. We too have been and are being greatly blessed as well as highly favored. 
And yes, we, we may be imperfect, but we're forgiven in God's eyes. And today, he is looking for us as, as mortal humans to work in his kingdom. And the question could be asked, is he finding us a faithful? I do believe Mary was faithful in her calling. Are we a faithful? The second point we'll look at Mary here is her humility. And in verses, we see that in verse 29 and 30. Yes, she was human. So we understand why she was troubled and filled with fear at the presence of an angel. I think we understand that as well. But her humility is revealed when she, the, as she says, this, considers herself a, a low handmaiden. She didn't understand why God would, use, would favor her in, in, in her state. Why would God look to me for uh, responsibility so great? She was not a proud, self-centered person. But rather, we see her as a young lady who loved God and was determined to live a pure, responsible life for him. So in, in the light of it all, she, didn't, she never viewed herself as someone special. And then along comes God and, and asks her, wanted to bless her in a very special way. How could she, in her mind, a completely ordinary and humble lady, do anything special for a God so great? So what lesson can we learn from a humble heart? We looked at humility in our Sunday school lesson this morning, and here we have it again. How do we feel when God uses us for a great work? Do we follow Mary's example? 1 Peter 5, 5, the last part of the verse, Yea, all you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. And we know the verse well. For God, what? He resisteth the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So it's a familiar verse with a sobering message. The workers in God's kingdom are humble. Pride pushes people away from the presence of God. Mary was humble, and God used her. A lesson for us on humility. Humility is defined as a modest or low view of one's importance. Will God use you for a special work? Yes. What is our, our view? Are, are we humble through it all? Just as God called Mary for an important task, and she remained, she uh, retained a modest view of herself. If you ever feel like you deserve a little recognition for your accomplishments, we can go back and remember Mary, called to be the mother of our Lord and Savior. You think of a calling in one's life, how much higher can we get than that? But yet she responded with humility. Then we get to verse uh, 34, and Mary started can we say the process of human reasoning? She says unto the angel, well, how is this possible for me to be a mother if I'm not even married? And Gabriel explains it, uh, explains it well in verse 35 that God was going to take care of it. So Mary was expected to, to believe the miraculous for God himself was going to look after and care for the details. What we see here, it was God's power that oversaw the whole operation. And it wasn't the presence of a, or power of an angel of another man. It was God that took care of that. And sometimes, going back to our lives, we, we feel like the, the situation seemed to be impossible. How do we respond? Again, take a lesson from her with a willing but a humble spirit and allow God to work out the details. Maybe you're facing something tomorrow that seems big. Allow God to work out the details. I repeat from that, from 1 Peter 5, be clothed with humility, but God giveth grace to the humble. 
May we just uh, allow God to be God and just be the humble people that he has called us to be. The third thing we want to look at here is how Mary honored God. Verse 37, for with God nothing shall be impossible. So the angel explained to Mary that her cousin was going to have a son. She was up in years and considered barren. But then he reminded her that nothing is impossible with God. So Mary was shown a, a clear demonstration of God's power. You know, what, what she thought at the end of verse 35 is unknown. Then the angel explained, Gabriel explained to her about Elizabeth and nothing's impossible with God. And Mary moved forward without a doubt. Nothing is impossible with God. You think back to um, Genesis 18. After uh, Sarah laughed, after she was told that she's going to have um, a child, God said this, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And she did. Is anything too hard for God? Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen. 17. Uh, God, you made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched and stretched out arm. Is there anything too hard for thee? How about Matthew 19, 26? Jesus talking to the disciples said unto him, With men it's impossible, with God all things are possible. Again, if you would have been in Mary's shoes, you would have said, How is this possible? And maybe your situation, you're thinking, How is this possible? But then we remember and we bring honor to God in all things are possible. So in, in honor of our great God, we, what we need to do is stand in awe of him. We need to allow God to be God. And allow God to encourage us on our journey through life by his mighty hand, remembering that nothing is too difficult for God. There are times when we need to set human reasoning aside, recognizing that God's in control. And then we need to give him the honor that is due unto him, that he is worthy of, and allow him to handle the details. What a mighty God we serve, and as we see here, nothing is impossible for him. And the, the fourth point is handmade submission and surrender. We think of how Mary responded to this situation. And maybe there's many a woman, a mother here this morning, that is looking at this story and wondering how this could all work out. And possibly that's about how Mary was, but the core of Mary's response to Gabriel's announcement is contained in eight words. And in verse 30, 38, we have the eight words. She said, Be it unto me according to thy word. And what that describes there is that was a humble but also a courageous expression of a wholehearted surrender and a profound act of submission to the will of God. I don't think there's anyone that I'm aware of that's ever been asked for something quite like this. And she must have been thinking about it as, uh, as the angel was talking. The angel was talking from verse 30 to verse 37, and Mary must have been thinking about her answer within there. And she came out and she said, her answer was, all right, be it unto me according to your word. Basically saying, all right, no problem. Here I am, use me. And I had to think about Noah building the ark. 
And we look at his situation there, and what we see is complete surrender and obedience to God's word. And what did God say? And, and, uh, to take the story and bring it into one sentence, God said, okay, Noah, I want you to spend 120 years to build an ark. And Noah thinking the facts, back to human reasoning, Noah thinking, okay, Lord, I'll do so, but you know, Lord, it never even rained up to this point. And just take that story there along with this one here and, and put it into our situation, into your, uh, what you're facing in life. Remember who we are serving. So Mary's situation, she was told what we just read here. So she's thinking, okay, I'm, I'm an unmarried virgin and I'm called to be a mother. And something like this had never happened before. This was a, a first and last time opportunity. Mary could not think back, refer to someone else that this had happened to, and consider their outcome. Her step was huge. The decision would have long-lasting effects. Plus, as I mentioned earlier, she's engaged. She knew people would talk behind her back. She knew her reputation would be damaged because at this point she was still single. She was aware that when she returned to Nazareth, and the people learned that this unmarried local girl had come down already three months pregnant. She knew there could be a lot of gossip. She also thought about uh, the explaining she'd have to do to Joseph. Then she thought about the taunt she'd receive from her neighbors. She knew her story would be questioned. If you look at Matthew 1, even Joseph questioned it. And then after this happened, all throughout her life, the birth, the birth of Jesus was occasionally recalled. The people never seemed to understand, nor did they forget what had happened. So 30 years later, the whole thing is thrown into Jesus' face. His enemy says, told him right to his face, we were not born in, in fornication, John 8, 41, implying that Jesus' birth was, didn't add up. Historians say that many stories circulated claiming that Jesus was the illegitimate son of Mary. And you think about how hard this must have been for her throughout all these years. So Mary knew she would be exposed to painful criticism and ridicule. So back to verse 30, end of 37, with God nothing shall be impossible. Now it was Mary's turn to talk. And she surrendered all and left all those concerns or her reputation in the hands of God. Her response is that she accepted God's will in spite of the scandal that she knew she would cause. And then we see Sarah's response back in Genesis and Mary's response in, here in, in Luke. And what a difference. Mary was open and submissive to the will of God. Her response was immediate yet brief. Simply eight words, yet so striking and meaningful. She was willing to sell herself out completely to be used by God to fulfill his plan. She will possess herself no longer but submit wholeheartedly to his will. God's word was her will. You think about this. She surrendered totally and, and to obey to uh, God's plan for her life. She would serve according to his plan, being obedient and fulfilling his purpose entirely. And we look at that, and each one of us here this morning should be able to say like Mary did, let it be done to me according to your word. Are we open, are we surrendered and submissive to the will of God? Mothers here this morning, 
handmaids of the Lord, you will not be called upon to mother the child, the Son of God. But that doesn't make your responsibility less important. God has called you to a high calling. Surrender your all and allow him to use you for his kingdom work. God has work for each one of us. Are we going to surrender to him and allow him to use us for his work? Then we get to that, and then we like to just, for a, a number of minutes here yet, look at some practical application of the points that we just looked at. And we'll go back and start with highly favored. Practical application. A highly favored mother will look well to the things of her household and will teach her children in the ways of the Lord. We think of of our responsibility, or are we doing exactly this? Every Christian mother has a heritage that needs to be passed on. Every Christian mother has a heritage that needs to be passed on. And I thought, you know, children, they learn to walk in a young age in a physical way with the help and assistance of their parents and siblings, but mainly their mothers. And so it is in a spiritual way. Are we taking the time to teach and train our children in the ways of the Lord? Mothers, are you walking in the fear of the Lord with properly placed priorities? And here's where we repeat. More is caught than taught. You can teach your children what you know, but you reproduce what you are. You know how it said, oh, they look right like their mom or right like their dad. Yeah, we reproduce what we are. If you want, if we want our children to have a rich living, vital faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that will sustain them through life, then we must own such a faith in our lives today. We can't say, don't do as I, I do, do as I say. That doesn't work. That falls short. A highly favored mother demonstrates a sincere, godly obedience, obedient life that is evident to all. Are we doing our part? Moving along, mothers, are we showing our children humility? If we're gonna, if more is caught than taught, are we showing our children humility? We learned earlier that God will not accept a proud heart. So, in light of eternity, are we teaching our children humility? And the mother of Jesus here was a, a prime example for us to follow, for to teach our children humility. In, in younger children, we teach them to share their toys. It's not just mine. We share to be kind to others willing to lay aside their desires for the benefit of others. Some of us have older children, uh, school students, and a, a way to generate pride is to take your child's side against their school teacher when there is a problem. Let me add, if there is a problem. If, if mom says, my child can do no wrong, well, you're raising a... I won't finish my sentence. I'm not saying your child is always wrong, but respond with humility in this in the school setting, recognizing that there are two sides to every coin. I'm older than a lot of people here. I'm not going to state my age, but I'm older than a lot of you. And I re I'm reminded so often there are two sides to every coin. At work, I hear stories, and I think, yeah, that's one side of the story. What is the other side? Anyway, respond, uh, teach our children to respond with humility. Other way to teach hum humility and uh, one, one was teach by example. And again, that's what we're talking about this morning. More is caught than taught. And so you can we teach by example. Secondly, encourage them, your children, and help them to be the very best that they can be no matter what they are doing. 
whether it's working at home or schoolwork, teaching them to do the best that they can be. Number three, never humiliate your children in public. It's not, uh, <clears throat> definitely does not a good way to build relationships. Number four, expose your children to great teachers and their stories. Or we could sum that up and say read to your children to teach them. Uh, another one, teach them to serve. And that will instill in your child a servant's heart. Are we teaching our children to serve? Coach them on how to respond, or we could say teach them how to say please and thank you. It's, that's some very important phrases in everyday living. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to put an age on it, but let me kindly say your children need to know how to say please and thank you. It will get them through life in a uh, in the future. In other words, another one is to teach your children to apologize when the need arises. Kind of goes back to we say your child's not always right, but there's two sides to every coin. So if your child needs to apologize, teach your children, your child, to apologize. Some ways just to teach humility. Proverbs 29, 23, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble, the humble in spirit. Humility is a, a key point here. Mothers, moving on. Mothers, do our children see you, do your children see you honor, have honor and respect for God? We saw Mary's uh, honor here in, in Luke. Do your children see that? You know, there's going to be, and maybe have been, and maybe will be stressful days. Days, mothers, you would rather not repeat. But in the midst of the stress and chaos, do your children have the peace and confidence knowing that mom is doing her best to honor and respect her heavenly father. It goes back again what we talked about, more is caught than talk. Can the children see that in you, mom. Your choice of music in the home. The clothing you make or buy for your children to wear. The type of toys you allow your children to play with. And the list could go on, but does your life and the choices that you make honor God and bring a smile to his face. Parenting is a responsibility we need to place on a very high level. Are we doing our part? We can look at, uh, along that lines, in 1 Timothy 4.12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in faith, in spirit, and in purity. So, talking about mothers but for each one here this morning here we see we're to be an example to those coming on or is if everyone would follow your example would this world be a better place are we setting a good example for others to follow first corinthians 10 31 whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do do all to the glory of god and you dissect that verse a little bit, and it mentions eating and drinking, things that are, are necessary to sustain life. So what I see here is even our eating habits should please God. Then the verse uh, continues, whatever you do. So there we have nothing is excluded. And what are we supposed to do with it all? Honor and please the Lord. So before long, I'm looking forward to a, a daughter-made meal here. And I plan, I plan to eat, but I hope she didn't make too much. Whatever we're doing, are we honoring God? And 
he mentions eat and drink, then whatsoever. So it kind of opens the box. And with our lives, are we, are we pleasing to God? Mothers, are we surrendered and submissive? And many times, possibly too many times, when the word submit is mentioned, uh, the women quickly dodge back to uh, Ephesians 22, but this morning, Ephesians 5:22, but this morning we're thinking about being surrendered and submissive to the will of God. Are we surrendered and submissive to the will of God? You know, our future is unknown to us, but not to the Lord. He has plans for our lives. Are we open to the plans that God has for our lives? I'm, I'm quite confident, I wasn't there, but I'm quite confident that Mary had some, a number of questions and concerns going through her mind as she was talking to the angel. But in the end, she was willing to set her agenda aside and allow God to use her to fulfill his perfect plan. And that's, I'm not, that's for each one here this morning. We need to set aside our agenda and allow God to use us. Surrender means to yield to the power, control, or possession of another. And as we're talking about here this morning, is we're yielding our lives to God. Submit is to accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another person. Are we willing to say, okay, this is my plan, but I'll take this box, set that aside, and say, God, what do you have for me? And what did Mary say through it all? She said, be it unto me according to thy word. And if I had the timeline right, I'd like to say that Mary had said that before she talked to Joseph, before she talked to her parents. And what I see is a sign of surrender. And that's what we see here in Mary's life. I think the best definition for surrender and submission would be, as we see here following Mary's example, willing to be used by God even when we don't know the full outcome of our decisions. When I say decision, is her decision to say, yes, Lord, here I am. Use me as you will. And it kind of ties in well with the song, Take my life and let it be, consecrated Lord to thee. And that song basically just saying, all right, here I am, God. You bless me. You put me here in this earth. Here I am to be used for your honor and glory. And then as studying, I got to think a little bit, had the women that are here this morning been around during the time that we're talking about here in Luke 1, there's a good possibility that you would have received a visit from an angel as Mary did. Because I believe there are women here this morning who are highly favored, who are humble, who honor God, and who are submissive and surrendered. But we know the birth of Christ will not be repeated, but I trust each mother here this morning has the character qualities that we saw in the mother of Jesus and that you have found favor with God and will continue to find favor with him. Mothers and each one, press on, be faithful as God uses you to fulfill his perfect plan. And close with this thought again, more is caught than taught. You can teach your children what you want, what you know, but you reproduce what you are. Let's pause for prayer. Father God, we come before you this morning. We just say thank you, Lord, for being with us. Thank you for the example of Mary. 
the mother of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that we could dig into that this morning. I trust we can apply her character qualities to our life as we go forth. And most importantly, Lord, that we can be surrendered, submissive, and open to your will in our lives. That we could say, be it unto me according to thy will. Lord, may we just be open to you and be your workers, your hands and feet on this side of eternity. Thank you again for each one here this morning. Bless each mother. Be with each father and family. And pray, Lord, that the families that are represented here this morning could be those who are sending people out to do more of your work and to bring others into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We Again, we thank you for this time. Be with us as we go forth in your name. Amen. This song, please. Thank <clears throat> you.